if parenthood came with a GPS, it would most likely just say recalculating. Join Yulandi Becker and her guest experts Wednesdays at 11 a.m. for Bump and Beyond, the show about pregnancy and babies, 101.9 megahertz of life. Yes, you're on 101.9 High FM. This is Bump and Beyond, and I am your host, Yulandi Becker. And yes, our show is all about parenting, and it's been really fun, but we've made it to December. <laughs> I am so excited. I've had a really, really rough November, probably because I'm preparing for holiday as well. So pretty much two months or two months of work I had to do in one month. And I think that added to it. Um, but I'm complaining uh, from a privileged position here. And because I was also speaking to a friend, I was feeling very miserable last week about myself and I was just tired. I know I was just tired. And I was speaking to a friend and she was mentioning that her mom is in hospital and and in that moment, my whole perspective changed and I realized, oh, my word, can you believe that I'm complaining? Yeah, she has a legit reason to be complaining and feeling down and I'm complaining about nonsense. So that's my advice for you for December. If you're feeling miserable, just talk to enough people. Eventually, you'll find someone to give you perspective and you'll feel better about yourself. I am not that person, though, because I am leaving on holiday next week. This is my last live show for this year. And then I'm going on holiday and I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, and that's what the show is about or the all these shows have been about this past couple of weeks is about preparing us for holiday and being ready for holiday. And yes, I was already traveling last year this time. Um, as my memories are coming up on Facebook, I was reminded that I actually had COVID last year this time. Me and my whole family, while we were traveling, we actually started suspecting we might have COVID. I still remember the conversation with my husband. It was a little bit hilarious. He was like, I'm not feeling well. I think I have COVID. And I was like, why do you just immediately think you have COVID? Why? 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 It could be something else. And then you know, the next day, I also started feeling bad. And I was like, okay, I think you're right. I think we actually might have COVID. After finally, after two years, <laughs> um, we had it, and then uh, we couldn't because we were traveling down to Cape Town. So luckily, we didn't see a lot of people, but we couldn't get tested on our way because we couldn't find a place to get tested. It was a Sunday, and as we arrived in Cape Town, we tested, and yes, our suspicions were confirmed, and we all had COVID. So we were isolating for a nice ten first ten days of our holiday, um, and yeah. That was fun. And so at least this year, so far, so good. Um, I was ill last week, actually, even while I was doing my show. But that's the, the joys, hey, of being able to do it from anywhere. You can do it um, literally this from anywhere, even while feeling not so great. But yes, nothing can ruin a family vacation, like someone getting sick. But being prepared can make the situation a little, little bit more bearable. And that's what we're chatting about today with pediatrician and mom, Dr. Magda Verstaar. But we'll get to that just now. This is Bump and Beyond with Yulandi Becker, the show about pregnancy and babies, 101.9 megahertz of life. If 
you've just joined me, you are on 101.9 High FM, and this is Bump and Beyond. I'm your host, Yulandi Becker, and we are trying to keep positive with the vibe of holiday. But as I said, last year, this time when I was traveling, I actually had COVID. Now it feels a little bit like COVID is a distant memory. And I know a whole bunch of people that have been sick now in November. Um, and it's interesting for me, even last year, December, lots of people were sick. Um but it is, it can really derail yourself. And like I mentioned, I was traveling down and I couldn't, I had to actually Google. Luckily, these days it is relatively easy to Google where things are. But I mean, you don't know the type of places you'll end up in. Um, and I realized, yes, when in Cape Town, I know where to go because we go there regularly and I know where the hospitals are and and, and, and doctors. But en route, I wasn't actually that prepared Um to be honest, because I just thought, oh, it's one night, it's going to be fine, what's going to happen? Even if we are sick, we can sort it out. But, I mean, you'd never know what could happen. Um, and I was actually thinking, even if you're traveling abroad, the ball game even more so changes. Because if you're in a country where you're not even speaking the language properly, it. I remember in Germany even, and my, and my German is relatively good, Finding a pharmacy was weird. <laughs> um, so, and asking for the right medicine was strange. So, yes, being prepared can for sure help you. And that's what I want to talk, uh, talk about today is keeping healthy during the festive season. And as always, I would love for you to talk with us. So be sure to either phone us on 010-140-3020 or send us a telegram with a voice note on 061-895-1019. You can also SMS us on 34519. Remember that SMSs are charged at 150 per SMS. Or if you want to be traditional about it, you can email us on instudio at chaifm. Yes, I'm saying traditional because no one emails anymore. WhatsApp has become the new email. Um, but you can telegram us. So the question I'm asking today is what is your must-have things that you want in your first aid kit or your medicine bag when you travel or that you always have on hand? Like I said, I, I mentioned that I wasn't prepared with the hospitals and the clinics en route, but I do have certain things that I always have with me when we travel. I always have something for like nausea. First of all, let's start with the normal things. Plasters, I always have. Wipes, kitchen towels, and plastic bags. If you're traveling in a car, that's essentials and have lots of plastic bags. I also travel with two dogs, so... Hence the lots of kitchen towel as well. <laughs> but I always have something for stomach ache, nausea, pain and fever. Also um, for burns, I have burn shield um, and for insect bites. That's like my kind of must-have things. Also something that I always have is... Um, like probiotics, like for all the children, you get probiotic like tablets. And this is my secret placebo effect. It's like a plaster for kids. You know, sometimes even if it doesn't bleed, they want a plaster on it and it makes them feel better. And that's my same thing with probiotics because it doesn't really do anything bad to them if they have probiotics. It just helps them, but it also makes them think, oh, I've had some medicine and now I'm going to feel better. And I, it does. It makes them feel better because they think they're feeling better. So that's always with me is 
um, probiotics for in case if they say, oh, I don't feel well. I'm like, oh, yeah. And it's always a stomach ache. But that's what we're talking about today. And I'm not the expert. I got in the expert. So today I am talking with Dr. Magda Verstaar, a pediatrician and mother of two. And we're talking about, so hello, Magda. Hello, Yolandi. It is so, thank you so much. I have to also just mention, Magda would have been with me in studio, but her patients are so important to her that she decided she needs to be close to them today. And that just shows you what you are. That's an impressive, that's the type of pediatrician you want, um, that you've got your priority straight. So thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me. Um, what do you think of my placebo effect? Let's start with that. <laughs> <laughs> I love your placebo effect. <laughs> um, and um, it sometimes just helps for the kids to feel you did something. Yes. So well done for that. <laughs> and isn't it always interesting for me? Children always have um, stomach ache. I, I feel like it doesn't matter what illness they have; the pain is always centralized in their stomach. Is there a re- is there a, a scientific reason for that, or is that just my my perception? <laughs> oh, shy. so it depends on the age of the child. Most kids are too young to verbalize where the, the specific pain is, so it's just easier to say that they have a tummy ache. Oh, okay, see. And it is really, my, excuse me, my children, my son is already livid. And he was still, it's like always, oh, my stomach hurts. And then it's like, okay, sometimes it is really, I think, his stomach. But I mean, I, I'm still waiting for a headache or something like that. So maybe I, once again, complaining from a privileged position, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yes, is it also just my imagination or is it really true that people do get more ill sometimes over the holiday time? I feel, um, yeah, while traveling, I don't know, is it the new area? Why is it? Is it is it real that people do get sick on holiday? So it is real. People do get sick on holiday. And especially this time of the year because everybody's tired. So your immune system can be a little bit down. And then if you're traveling to a new place, it's that change in the weather, mm-hmm. um, acclimatizing, um, the new time zones if you're traveling abroad. Um, getting used to the water and the air, and all of those things can contribute to getting sick. A lot more surfaces, new surfaces to touch, (laughs) a lot more people. (laughs) And especially with kids touching everything and wanting to put everything in their mouth. No, no. Um, yeah, um, traveling with children is fun, but it is also challenging. And if they get ill, I do feel... Yeah, it can be a little bit more challenging. Um, what are the most like kind of common illnesses when we're talking about when we're traveling? What are the most common issues we can pick up? So most common issues, vomiting and diarrhea. Um, that's very common. Yeah. And then fever from any type of viral infection. And in kids, earache. Oh, yeah. Um, it was interesting also earlier when you were saying, like, um, obviously we're tired this time of year. And I really, I was ill, like I said, last week with a bit of a stomach bug. And I've that's the motto. If you don't take the time to rest, your body will do it for you. <laughs> so make sure, everyone, that you are taking the time to rest. And um, I even did a little bit of a, a, a quiz before this, um, uh, before the show. And... 
one of the things that I ask is like, what do you want out of traveling um, or out of the holiday? Do you want rest? Do you want activities? Do you want family? And lots of people did say rest, but there was a surprising amount of people who also said they wanted lots of activities. And I think sometimes we over plan. But yes, let's listen to some of the voice notes that you've sent us um, about the question of what do you pack for when you travel? Hi, this is Serena. I am a mother of two and I like to be overly prepared with regards to medication when we travel. So I always take something for pain and fever. I take an antihistamine syrup as well as an ointment for insect bites. I will take something for nausea, for diarrhea, a cough syrup, some saline nasal spray and nose drops for blocked noses. And then I will also like to take suppositories for pain as well as nausea. And then I will always travel with a general first aid kit with plasters, antibacterial cream and other stuff that comes in a first aid kit. Hi, this is Audrey, mother of two. The absolute must-haves uh, medicine-wise going on a road trip or holiday uh, would be wound spray, anti-zan, baby bum cream, panado syrup, plasters, rehydrate, peaceful sleep, and last but not least, Vaseline. This is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker, the show about pregnancy and babies, 101.9 megahertz of life. If you've just joined us, you are on 101.9 High FM, and this is Bump and Beyond. I am Yulandi Becker, and I'm chatting to pediatrician Dr. Magda Verstaar about keeping healthy during the festive season. Thank you so much for the voice notes that you sent in. Continue on that trend. I like that. And talk with us and send us a voice note on Telegram on 061-895-1019 or send us an SMS on 34519. SMSs are charged at 1 rand 50 per SMS. So, Magda... Mention some kind like proper. Am I allowed to, or should I rather properly say doctor the whole time? I feel. <laughs> no, Lani, you need to say master. <laughs> I just wanted people to remind them that you are, in fact, a doctor. But doctors also have names. Um, <laughs> so uh, you mentioned some of the common illnesses, and I do think. Especially vomiting and diarrhea, stomach things, I think. Especially if you're going to a hot area like KZN and those, I mean, especially probably if you go to a beach in KZN, <laughs> um, then the likelihood is quite, yeah, it's quite likely that you are going to get something. Um, is there ways that we can prevent it? Is there ways that we can avoid getting ill? So, yes, you can. Being prepared is a big part of it. And uh, if you're lucky like me, my oldest has motion sickness. Oh, so fun. part of our normal travel time. Yes. So, um, and then having hand sanitizer with you and regular hand washing. Um, and then also to take precautions when you buy food. And especially if you're traveling, if you're buying fruits and veggies to make sure it's washed and filled. Um, yeah, so you can prevent. So pre do some preventing while you're going, or maybe just don't go to the beach or case it in. I think it's closed anyway. That is the area where you're going. That's very important. Uh, but yes, and it's such a funny thing that you're mentioning about the hand washing and. I, 
And I mean, did COVID not teach us that already? That you should be washing your hands and you should sing the happy birthday song while you're washing. I think we got lazy afterwards again um, and not to doing those type of things. Um, when, and I mean, I also mentioned that when I was now driving down last year and we got sick, that I wasn't 100% prepared. I had my little magic stuff and I did have like pain medication and you heard lots of the people had similar things that they mentioned that they pack in their bags but one of the things I definitely didn't check out was on route hospitals and stuff like that which I now know in Corsbrook there is a small clinic but it doesn't really help because it's not open on a Sunday just <laughs> FYI for everyone out there um, but yes um when for me, I've always I don't know why, but I do feel I'm a little bit more relaxed on holiday with stuff like that. So if my kids, I'm, I mean, my kids are also a little bit older now, so I'm I don't just rush to the hospital anymore. It's not like when my son had his first fever at 18 months, I got so panicked, I gave him Nurofen, I rushed to the hospital. By the time he got there, his fever was gone because the Nurofen started working. <laughs> so I'm not like that anymore. So I'm sharing that story that everyone knows that it's normal. It's nothing to worry about. But I'm not like that anymore. But there does come a point that you should be going to the hospital. When when should, or to the doctor, when would you say you should be starting to get worried? Uh, especially, I mean, with small babies, maybe it's sooner than with older children. <laughs> So that's a good point, Yanami. So we always say if you're traveling with kids younger than three months, if they have fever, it's better to consult a professional, a doctor or a sister. And um, with older kids, you can use what you have in your magic bag and treat the fever. And if you can't control it, then to consult a doctor or a sister um, close by. Kudos for those parents who are traveling with babies smaller than three months. <laughs> that, that is not something I even thought about or attempted. Um, so, I don't know, well done or whatever. Um, so, what's in our magic bag? What should we be packing in our bags? I mentioned a couple of the things that I have. Um, some of them not doctor related, like a plastic bag and kitchen towel. <laughs> but what what would you say is must-haves when you are traveling with children? So must-haves, pain and fever medication. Um, everybody has their own favorites. Um, we, as pediatricians and doctors, we love using paracetamol, um, which is good. Then to have something for vomiting, um, and that is also age-dependent. Because for your younger kiddies, there's not a lot you can give for nausea. Um, so to consult your doctor before you leave. Then also something for insect bites, um, antiseptic solution, some ointment um, for when there's scratches or cuts, plasters um, and burn shields. So those are basics that you need. And then also to have some linen savers. Um, especially if you have kids with diarrhea in the car, and then your plastic bags, yes. Mm. Yes, uh, so you also, for me, if you've just joined us, you are on 101.9 HFM, and this is Bump and Beyond. And we're tra uh, uh, talking with Dr. Magda Verstaar about keeping healthy during the holiday season. And 
Yes, I mean, you also mentioned that your son has motion sickness. Luckily, oh, I'm so glad. N neither of my kids, including my furry kids, my two dogs that we travel with, have that problem. Um, but I've had it, for sure, with dogs and with my son. And my son has that, like the horrible, he has no like... And maybe this is oversharing, but I have asked his permission if I could talk about him on the show. But he has like no like warning. It's just like I want to throw up and he does it. It's like there's no warning whatsoever. And it's really annoying. But is there something that you could give them for smaller children for motion sickness? So you can give them um, some vomiting medication prior to leaving. Um, but you can also prepare beforehand. So kids shouldn't travel on an empty stomach, okay? Um, they should have a light meal before, half an hour to an hour before leaving. Um, also not a fatty meal. And then when they are in the car, to teach them to look outside, but far, not nearby, and not to focus on something specific in the car, um, because that can also worsen the motion sickness. And then, of course, screens in the car can worsen it. And all the kids that read in the court can also make motion sickness worse. Oh, traveling with your son must be really fun if you can't even have them. <laughs> we've, got it, we've got it under control now, so it's much better. I'm just saying that it's like, oh, a tablet is for me. I, I always ask my parents, it's like, how did you survive long trips? With and we were three kids, and like, how did you survive? Not quiet kids. <laughs> how did you survive with us all in the car? Uh, because for me, that's the the best. I was like, I always make sure I have enough data on my phone because I just the tablet is a game changer for me when we're traveling. So yeah, if you can't even do that when you've got motion sickness, maybe fly. That's maybe. <laughs> <laughs> don't drive in a car maybe flying is a, a very good option but talking about flying um we some we do travel abroad as well what are some of the things that you can keep in mind to keep healthy when you're traveling abroad and what to kind of prepare yourself for traveling abroad what should you be thinking about Okay, so traveling abroad is a whole different ball time. <laughs> so that is a lot of preparation beforehand. So you need to know where you're going. Um, you need to do some research to see does your child need some extra vaccinations before you go. Um, what illnesses or sickness are there that you need to be prepared for. And to know what where you can go. Is there hospitals? Is there doctors? Um, and then pack your kid's chronic medication if your kid is having chronic conditions. So that's the definite visit to the pediatrician about four to six weeks before you leave. Oh. Now, and I mean, it is actually interesting to keep in mind as well that um, if you've got medical aid, that your medical aid um, to make sure that they know that you're traveling abroad <laughs> and if they are going to be covering you when you are traveling abroad, it's something to check and let them know. If they don't, I would really recommend getting really good travel insurance <laughs> because if something does happen, it's the bills can pile up very quickly. Um, and I'm talking, I can talk out of personal experience here. I Nothing happened to me, luckily, but I had family visiting um, here in South Africa and their medical aid does cover here, but then they had to pay cash up front and then claim it from their medical aid when they returned. So they did get their money back and, and the, with the Eurorand exchange rate, they felt like they had 
a very great medical <laughs> um, service at a reasonable price. Yes, so check that out if you are traveling abroad to make sure that you are covered and your children are covered when you're going because it is like Magda also said, that you should check out those type of things. And to be honest, I've taken that for granted because we often visit family overseas and I just assume they will tell me where to go. But it is sometimes they are busy with something and you just have to find a pharmacy can be difficult. So just to know also, for instance, some of the medication could have different names. So to just have, if you know, like you use whatever, some kind of medication for pain and fever, to know what it is called in, <laughs> and to know, have it written down to the to show a picture to your pharmacist can actually help because they know a relative amount <laughs> of English, hopefully, that they can read that. But just some tips to keep um, in mind. But also then flying by itself as well. Lots of parents often worry a little bit about ear pressure and going up. Is that a real thing to worry about, the ear pressure? The, the ear pressure when you're flying? Should you get your ch- kids' ears checked? Because that's also some a pediatrician once told me when just before my daughter had grommet, she's like, oh, luckily you didn't fly anywhere. I was like, why? What would have happened? <laughs> um, so, you know, the ear pressure can be quite uncomfortable and painful, especially with the difference when you um, get on a flight and the flight starts and when you land again. Um, we as adults, we can equalize the pressure by pinching our nose or yawning. Um, with smaller kids, it's a little bit more difficult. But luckily, they can breastfeed when the plane takes off or suck on a dummy. Um, if they're older, they can um, drink with a straw or chew bubble gum or suck on a lollipop. So you can handle that. But the, the uncomfortable part of it is if a child has chronic ear problems and ear pain, that pressure can cause them to have a lot of discomfort during the flight and can obviously cause them to cry and make the rest of the passengers uncomfortable. Oh, for sure. Um, but you know what? I'm, I'm one of those very loud people on a plane anyway. So my kids, I, I don't care if... <laughs> Um, I was not never that concerned. I have to say, um, in the end of the day, my kids also pay, paid for. I paid for my kids to be there. So, but I've had. This is a question I get a lot about um, from a sleep consultant perspective as well. That parents are wondering, like, what should I do when we're flying with the air pressure? I have to say that with the bigger planes these days. Um, Air pressure in the plane is a lot. Even you will feel it as a adult that it's a lot better and you equalize from whatever a lot quicker. And with the smaller planes locally, um, you never really go that high that it has such a big influence on your ears. And again, talking here out of personal experience, I had a deviated septum for a very long time. So my equalizing was a very big problem. But yes, um, Parents also then ask, it's like, what about if we, uh, the sleep and out of routine, you're not going to travel for five days <laughs> on end somewhere. Flying somewhere generally takes about a day or so that you're traveling. So it's not the end of the world to be out of routine for a day or so. Once you get to your destination, you can relax and get back into it. So don't worry about it. And if you are traveling to a place with a different time zone, Keep in mind that you want to get into local time as soon as possible. That's very important. But now, Magda, 
If you guys have just joined us, just by the way, I am talking to pediatrician Magda Verstaer about keeping healthy while we're on holiday. And we're not getting there and we talked about the air pressure and flying and all that type of stuff. And you've also mentioned that if you are, um, when you should be looking for a doctor and, and, and. But what, what should you, is there kind of top tips that a person can do if your child does get sick on holiday? Like the vomiting starts or what is the first call always medicine? What, what, what is there some top tips that we should know about if, if our kids do get sick or just get a fever? Should we be super worried immediately? <laughs> uh, it's inevitable that kids will at some point get vomiting or fever. So the first top tip is don't freak out. Just take a That's breath. That's a good one. <laughs> um, Sense the situation. And then if your child has fever, we first say, don't grab the medication. Um, do things that can naturally cool down your child. So if your child is stressed, um, take off all the warm clothes, undress. You can sponge them down, put them in front of the fan. And then temperature in about 15 to 20 minutes and see if it made a difference. If your child is still having a high temperature so fever we say is 38 degrees or more anything below that is acceptable um so then you can give them something for fever um we don't start with two medications as one start with one thing and then you have to give it a chance to be absorbed so you won't see a difference within 15 minutes so just give it about an hour and then reassess it again and give them something cool to drink or eat I mean, you also love mentioning the 38. Like I said, I've had some panic attacks and I've learned from my lessons. And I mean, in the end, I know that also that babies do tend to, obviously that's a, the way that they fight off disease is by getting a fever. But um, also please remember everyone that your hand is not a thermometer. <laughs> my mom always is like, oh, they feel so hot. And I was like... With your head, it is like literally 36 degrees outside. It's You're going to be hot. Or they feel their feet like, oh, why are they so cold? Your hands are not a thermometer. <laughs> this is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker. The show about pregnancy and babies. 101.9 megahertz of life. Yes, you are on 101.9 High FM. This is Bump and Beyond, and I'm your host, Yulani Becker, chatting about keeping healthy during the festive season with pediatrician Dr. Magda Verstaer. And yes, thank you so much for joining in the conversation. I love it. And keep the telegrams and voice notes coming on 061-895-1019 or SMS us at 34519. Or like I said before, if you want to go old school, send us an email at instudio at highfm.com. So even the person on the voice note mentioned um, that Sun, she always packs sunblock. <laughs> um, that, I have to say, is, oh, yes, I'm like, I'm so paranoid of this sun, it's not even funny. I like, I permanently have sunblock with me all the time because I really hate being sunburned. And my children have, 
I'm telling you this weekend, this past weekend, when it was 38 degrees <laughs> in Pretoria, it was the first time because my daughter had her pool party for her birthday. And it was the first time that my kids actually got a bit of sunburn because they were just in the pool the whole time. And I put on like a whole bunch of time, but clearly not enough. And I'm very proud that it took nine to and 11 years for that to happen, that I managed to stick it out that long before they got sunburned. But now they realize finally why I am such a stickler for please put on. It was luckily just on the shoulder. But that is a common thing, is sunburn when we're on holiday. And obviously, you know, cure or what do they say prevention is better than cure um so first of all put sunscreen on your children also on babies but what can you do if your children does what what do you what can you do for like to react if you do by accident let your child get sunburned so in your bag you can buy some of these nice off the sun products that you can rub on if on the burnt areas mm. and um, to keep them hydrated. So if you realize that they have sunburn, to catch up with all those insensible losses that they had from the sun. So hydration is important. Um, cool bath afterwards, okay? And then to prevent if you don't have sunscreen, to buy them these um, nice swimsuits that are UV protected with the longer sleeves and hats. And to try and find some shade. <laughs> uh, that is, I think, also, like I said, prevention is better than cure because, yeah, um, no no child needs to have a, a tan. Um, they can be like whatever skin color they are. They really don't need a tan. Um, and it is, yeah, I think that the protective clothing and clothing that you mentioned is a very important thing. Of course, like I said, sunscreen, but also reapplication of sunscreen. Sunscreen only lasts for, they say, about 80 to 90 minutes. So put a timer on your phone and remember to reapply. I remember being at a beach, uh, now it's a couple of years ago, um, with my kids and there was a baby lying in the sun and I was like, I actually eventually went to the baby and put sunscreen on the baby. So I was just like, mom, please put this baby in the sun, uh, in the shade because I was like so worried and the mom's like, oh, you're, you're right. Thank you so much. I mean, likely she took it well. She could have been really upset with my forwardness. Um, but yes, it's been... Like really, really, really lovely chatting with you, um, Magda. As I think we can, we could talk a lot more. Is there something that you would like to add that you feel that people should know when they're traveling, even locally, um, to make sure you know? I mean, we've now talking about keeping healthy, but what what about like things like if your kid gets seriously injured, like bumping their head? or cutting themselves with a knife or something like that. What is the first response when, let's start with bumping a head. Um, if your child has fallen or off something or something happened, I don't know, various ways of bumping a head, I guess. I once ran into a fire extinguisher full on. So there's many ways to do it. <laughs> um, what is the first response that you should have? Is it just going to the hospital or should you keep your child awake? Should you, I mean, for me, I don't even know what you would do. What should you be doing? So, um, I'm a boy mom, so bumping heads are like a constant thing. <laughs> so, again, the mom just take a breath. 
um, assess the situation. If your child has lost consciousness, then immediately that's a hospital trip. If your child has bumped his head and he's going about his business, then you can observe, give something for pain. Um, if they develop nausea or lightheadedness, um, or their behavior changes and they become confused, then you rush to the nearest emergency room immediately. Oh, and cuts, when when should you be, I mean, my son has cut himself also like, uh, he doesn't just get bumps, it always bleeds. Um, and it's not that, I mean, it's funny because I would have never really said that he's such a wild person, but like I said, when something happens, it probably happens apparently. But for me, I could, like, I remember him once cutting his head open and there was a giant gash, but it wasn't bleeding all the time. But I could see this is not going to close on its own. And he had to get stitches in the end of the day. Um, I don't know if it was mother instinct, but I did take him in there. It was a giant thing. But when when should you be with a cut? I mean, you get small cuts, you get big cuts. Is there like a general rule of thumb? If it's 10 centimeters, definitely going to the hospital. <laughs> Cuts on your head or your scalp or your face, they tend to bleed more. Um, So those are usually ones that might send you to the emergency Mm. room. Um, If you apply pressure and the bleeding stops and it's not a huge gash, then probably you're okay to stay at home and continue with your vacation. Um, But I think if ever in doubt, you ought to get advice. Um, no, I mean, talking about lots of bleeding, um, my son also has a tendency for nosebleeds, especially when it's so hot. Um, so I know like way too much about nosebleeds, actually, because and that's also it's like he just I mean, you just touch him a little bit too much. Uh, the other day he full on his basketball fell on his face and it was oh, and I've never seen so much blood in my life like coming out. And he obviously freaked out. I'm like, don't worry. I don't know how I stayed calm. And I said, like, "Don't worry. It's just your nose is bleeding, and it looks more than it is." Um, what What is the protocol when your child's nose is bleeding? Because I was always told you should like lead back, and then all the blood goes <laughs> into your mouth. <laughs> what What should you be doing when your child's nose is bleeding? <laughs> Oh, so nose bleeds, um, so you can pinch the nose, okay, and um, don't lean backwards, draw the forward and make them spit out the blood. That also helps you to realize how much blood they've been losing no. from the nose bleed. Um, then you can quantify better if you need to go to the emergency room. Um, you can put something cold, a cold compress on the nose. Um, and then hope it stops quickly or <laughs> like, rush to the emergency room. <laughs> Luckily, it did. It, I wouldn't, I don't know. I mean, there's so much blood coming out of his nose. I didn't feel like it was quickly, but it did. It did stop. But Magda, I really, we've run out of time. And But it's been really great having you. We'll have to do this again. I hope you have a wonderful and Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We'll chat again soon. Bye, Magda. <laughs> This is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker, the show about pregnancy and babies, 101.9 megahertz of life. 
You are on 101.9 High FM. This is Bump and Beyond, and I'm Yolandi Becker, and this is basically the end of our show and my last live show for this year. It was really great chatting with you, and thank you for the interaction on uh, our show today about keeping healthy. And some takeaways is to remember to plan ahead. I mean, I think with children... Isn't that something that we generally do? If you're not a planner, you're going to have to get into it a little bit because that does really make your life a little bit easier And if you plan ahead, especially when traveling. Remember to stay current on your vaccination. So check out, especially if you're going abroad, if there is some special vaccinations that your children need. Um, in general, you should also be prioritizing your children's healthy eating and sleep in their daily life. And this is something that will help to boost their immune system in the end of the day. So, And then while you're on holiday, do try to maintain this healthy daily routine before the trip as well as sticking it out. I know we all love to indulge on holiday and a sweet is not the end of the world, but it is the best way to boost our immune system is to keep healthy and to get enough sleep. Also remember, as Dr. Magda Verstaar mentioned, is that practice good hand hygiene. Make sure your child washes their hands after going to the toilet and to the bathroom and before and after eating. It is Simple. We all know this. Do it. <laughs> and you too. Because especially with babies, us as parents, we handle a lot of things. And we handle them. And if you're not washing your hands properly, yes, you could be spreading germs. And please don't let everyone kiss your babies. We all have dormant, um, like, cold sores. Um, so please... Don't kiss babies. You can just make it worse. <laughs> Plan to spend as much time outside as possible. Eat, play, and visit with loved ones outside as much as you can. The weather is great. Use it. It's harder for viral transmissions to take place outside, and that's a reality. So on top of that and keeping healthy, remember to stay active as well. Also for yourself, remember to take the time to, and don't be afraid to swim with your kids, to play the games with them. This is great for bonding. And also if you're going to be eating a little bit extra, it will help to keep the kilos down. So it's good for all of us. Even though I will not be live for the next couple of weeks, I will still have pre-recorded shows that I've already lined up for you all about holidays. So remember to join the show next week. I will still be here as we continue with this festive season talk. And I'm going to be talking next week with dietitian Lisa Sneiman about eating healthy as a family during the holidays. As I said, this helps with your immune system and to protect you and stay healthy during this time. So get outside, have a good time. From a family tree that has healthy roots, there emerges hearty leaves and the most beautiful fruits. So keep healthy during this holiday time and have a wonderful time. None of us know the best combination of things to do for our children. More often than not, we make choices and we just close our eyes and hope for the best. Some might call this faith. Thank you for joining me today. Have a wonderful and beautiful blessed festive season. See you in the new year. Until next time.